Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today we're playing with balloons. We join a balloon-based experiment with the help of a Girl Scout troop. We're about to find out how scientists use balloons to collect data in the sky. And spoiler alert, launching them is a lot of fun. Okay, catch. Woo! On a warm, breezy Saturday afternoon in Austin, Texas, our producer Sarah met up with atmospheric scientist Gary Morris to launch a weather balloon. Okay, welcome to St. Edwards University. I'm Gary Morris. I'm the Dean of Natural Sciences here. This is our project to study air quality, and we've been launching these weather balloons for more than a decade, and we're glad to have you guys here. St. Edwards had invited Tumble to watch the launch. It's like the balloon Cape Canaveral of Austin, Texas. Yes, and Sarah decided to invite a very enthusiastic brownie troop full of Tumble fans. Wow, they're excited. They were really psyched up. But first, they had a lot to learn about weather balloons. Here's Sarah talking to a brownie named Magnolia Brown. Why do you think that scientists use weather balloons? Maybe because, like, they go into the sky and they, like, adopt unicorns, maybe, and they fly them back down to Earth. Is there, like, a unicorn adoption center in the sky? (laughs) That's where it would be if there was. Can we get there? (laughs) Let's take a rocket there. (laughs) Please. What weather balloons actually do is take measurements in the sky. A lot goes on between the ground where we're standing and the outer edges of our atmosphere. And it turns out balloons are one of the best tools we have to gather that information. So I guess they do more than just help us predict the weather? Absolutely. Balloons help scientists learn about some really big, important things. The balloon that's launching today will gather data about different kinds of air pollution, like ozone, which comes from cars, power plants, and factories. So ozone is damaging to our nasal passages and lungs. People who have breathing problems uh, will know on a day with high ozone because it will be harder to breathe outside. Yeah, I mean, we kind of want it to be easy to breathe outside. Exactly. (laughs) And that's why Gary's team is trying to get as much data as they can about ozone so that people can make better decisions about how to clean up pollution. And here I thought balloons were just for causing delight. You know, balloons were actually invented for scientific purposes about 200 years ago. Only later did we find the applications in birthday parties. Always the most important applications show up later. (laughs) Weather balloons, they're just the same type of thing as a birthday balloon? Right. A weather balloon is just a large version of a balloon that you're familiar with. Um, So the balloons we use are white in color, and they're, when inflated, about six foot in diameter. That's bigger than me, even. (laughs) Why are they so big? Typical birthday balloon cannot lift very much weight. In fact, you know that if you tie a little ring to the bottom of it with a little weight on it, it's not going anywhere. Weather balloons carry scientific instruments high into the sky and send back the data they collect down to Earth. Birthday balloons don't do a lot of data capturing. More like delight causing. (laughs) Before each launch, Gary and his team set up the balloon parts back in their lab. 
Right, this is the lab where we're calibrating our instrument, getting ready for the weather balloon launch today. And our team right now is checking the telemetry to make sure the data is being transmitted from the radio sonde to the computer. A radio sonde? Yeah, a radio sonde is one of the instruments that's attached to the balloon to take measurements. Later, a brownie named Cora had a theory about how it would be used. I wonder if, like, they're trying to find out stuff in space and in the air at the same time. Well, that's a pretty good theory. Is she right? Yes. As the balloon goes up into the sky, the radio sonde measures the temperature, pressure, and humidity in the air. Then that data is compared to the balloon's location in the sky. And in the old days, the uh, people who flew the balloons would spot them with a uh, telescope on the ground and measure the angle and the distance to the balloon to figure out uh, the wind speeds and uh, direction of the balloon. These days, there's a GPS on board to track the balloon's journey. So there have been some upgrades over time. And Gary's balloons have a special tool that most weather balloons don't. It's called an ozone sonde. Does that test for ozone? Yes, it does. I don't know how I figured that out. You're a genius. <laughs> most tests for ozone pollution are on the ground, but Gary's weather balloon experiments are trying to find out how much ozone pollution is higher up in the sky and where it's coming from. When it comes down to it, the weather balloon sounds pretty simple. Like, maybe we could build one. I've actually found instructions online, so yeah, it's a pretty simple setup. And as Sarah saw, Gary uses easy-to-find tools. So what are you about to do? Yeah, we're about to uh, put the pump into this styrofoam box, and we're actually going to close the lid and then tape it together with duct tape. Can't be science if it's not held together by duct tape. Just before launch, Gary adds the final touch, a bright orange parachute. Why do we have this parachute on here? So it can glide down. Very good. When the balloon breaks, the parachute helps the styrofoam box containing all the instruments glide down slowly so no one gets hurt by plummeting science equipment. <laughs> that would be a hilarious <laughs> hospital story. <though. laughs> I just got hit by ozone measuring devices. <laughs> all right, so do we have everything we need? Ready to launch? Almost. But right now... The balloon is just lying flat on the ground. What do you think needs to happen next? I think it needs to be blown up! You'll see. We're going to fill it with helium. It goes up at about a thousand feet per minute. Whoa, it's really going to rocket out of there. The brownies stand close by, eager to help out. Stand around the balloon, and then you're just going to put, your, put one of you on this side next to Grace, and the other one on this side next to Matt. Yeah, we're just going to hold the balloon steady. As we the six-foot-wide balloon okay. begins to inflate. Guys, hey guys, what's happening right now? Can you tell me what's happening? Um, air is going into the balloon and making it really bouncy and, like, um, squishy and soft. Is it getting really big? Yeah, it's really big. I think it's bigger than a unicorn. Bigger than a unicorn? That's, that's like, super big. Bigger than a six-foot-wide unicorn, <laughs> the balloon is now inflated and ready to launch. Three, two, one! Whoa! 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 Whoa!
So it's going above the clouds? How high do these balloons go? These balloons are designed to travel through every layer of our atmosphere, from the ground where we stand up to the protective layer of gas that shields us from the sun. So they fly higher than drones and airplanes? The only thing that flies higher are space rockets. Okay, so watching a balloon launch is really awesome. But don't we have newer stuff to launch into the space that does the same thing? Actually, balloons are more reliable and way cheaper than drones or rockets. And that's why they've been in use for so long. Nothing beats an old-fashioned balloon. Right. And newer doesn't always mean better. Lots of science is still being done effectively with simple tools. And speaking of, the balloon is just about out of sight. You can't even see it anymore, almost. You can almost not even see it. It's so small. It's so hot. Wait, where is it? Right there. So cool. As the balloon rises, the radio sound and the ozone sound transmit data about the air in real time to computers down on the ground. Gary's pointing it out to the girls. This is the humidity. So humidity is a measure of the water content of the air. And notice what happened to the humidity here about a thousand meters off the ground. Look at what that number is. 100. 100%. So what is 100% humidity? What's it look like? Uh, it's a cloud, yes. So even though they can't see it, they can tell exactly where it is. Yeah, and it keeps going even further up. Weather balloons actually touch outer space. If you take a photo from the balloon's highest point, you'll see black. Whoa. Eventually, the material of the balloon will break, and the styrofoam box holding the equipment will plummet all the way back down to Earth. And that's where that orange parachute comes in. And the GPS, so Gary can collect the equipment and use it again. This is the path of the balloon. It's, oh my God. it's now north of Old Torf, and it's headed east now. Quick, get it before it gently lands on someone, maybe causing them to remark. <laughs> What is this thing? (laughs) (laughs) So is this like a super rare event, like an exclusive launch? Not really. Balloons are launched twice a day from 900 locations around the world. So there might be one near every one of our listeners. Exactly. And the data from each launch will be added to a long record of weather balloon data. Since it's such an old technology, it's created one of the most useful pictures of how our atmosphere has changed over time. That's really cool, and it's really awesome how the brownies were able to see this kind of science in action. Unicorns and marshmallows in the sky and all. Thank you to Dr. Gary Morris and his students at St. Edwards University for including us in the launch. Also thank you to Trinity Second Grade Brownie Troop and their troop leader, Roseanne Ferraro, for joining us for this story. Roseanne emailed us to see if we could do an activity with her troupe. I'd say it turned out pretty well. Sarah Lentz is our editor, but she produced this episode. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I edited this episode. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I make all of the music. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time for more stories of science discovery.